it was just constant affirmation of like, you are a good mother. You are a good mother. And we are in this with you, whatever that looks like. People of Creston City, people of every, everywhere around the world, this is David Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Arthur Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. <laughs> just talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit. Now they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human, a Christ in the City podcast where we talk about how to step out of your comfort zone and serve the poor wherever you live. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome. We are very excited to share with you Jessica's story today and to have Betty on with us to to talk about Jessica's story and how she was involved with it. Betty, our house facilitator. <laughs> I'm here. Hey. You're here, hey Betty. Just here, <laughs> Just here making sure Michelle's don't kill each Betty. other. <laughs> What name would you prefer? We have Betty, <laughs> Betster, Bet, Elizabeth, Lizzie. Um, <laughs> Wait, can we, can we put that in there? Yeah. Like, can you please give the background on Betster? Nope, not on a podcast. <laughs> Betty Beautiful. Betty Beautiful. <laughs> um, have you ever been... <laughs> Have you ever dated anyone that's called you Betty Beautiful? <laughs> okay, it's day two at Crisis City. It's time for me to move out. <laughs> Before we dive in, Betty, you get to see what Crisis City looks like after hours when Blake and I aren't here at the office. Do you have any crazy stories or funny things that have happened recently um, in the house that we do not know about yet? <laughs> well, right now there's about 100 flying chickens around the house. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you, Perfect. Blake Brilliant. <laughs> that was my Christmas gift La- to Betty. Last night, Tyler comes to me. Betty, are those flying chickens in your mailbox? Are they up for grabs? <laughs> no way. I said, yes, you could have them. I love it. How many times a week do you get asked, what's a house facilitator from your friends and family and people you meet? Um, quite often. And, and how do you explain that? <laughs> it's very rare that it's actually called a house facilitator. I'm often called house mom, Aunt Betty, yes. our babysitter, I don't Ooh, know. That's a good it's one. very rare that it's actually, refer- I'm actually referred to as house facilitator. So for those who are, what is a house facilitator? It's kind of like Christ in the city's version of an RA. Uh, like the dorm, you know, the person in the dorm who hangs out right. after hours. So <laughs> Betty is our staff member living in the house. She has a job outside of Christ in the city and really actually has quite a bit of experience in service to the poor. So grateful Betty just gets to to really live common life with the missionaries, eats with them, prays with the missionaries, and is truly just that constant presence here. Um, And more into Betty's story later, but first we are going to share an interview uh, with our dear friend, Jessica, um, who is actually one of Betty's dear friends as well. Before we dive into her story, I just wanted to point out that when Jessica was interviewing, she was interviewing with Claire, who was a missionary with us. Claire was a big part of Jessica's story, but also Betty, who's here with us today, was on the other side of that story with Jessica at Samaritan House. Yeah, let's hear what Jessica has to say. Um, So pretty much I was adopted. I actually have three brothers and two sisters, and we were adopted in 
by my aunt and uncle when I was around 10 years old because I was taken away from my mom and my dad because of, you know, reasons. And so I lived in Washington State actually for about, until I was 16. And then I decided to move away from home at that age actually. And I moved to Wyoming and I lived there for about five years. And then I actually, I was married during that time and then I divorced. After that, I kind of just lost touch with reality and I just, and then that's when I became pregnant. Um, the father was not wanting to be involved and he kind of just told me to leave. So I was pregnant and I didn't have anywhere to go. It was bad. <laughs> well, we had gotten into a fight, so I mean, it happens. And then he just, the next day, all my stuff was out on the porch. And he told me that I needed to leave over a text message. So I just was like, okay. <laughs> I was so scared, but it it ended up being a good thing because I met Christ in the city. I met some the people at Samaritan House. And I know Samaritan House and Christ in the city, like most people, they know each other. So like, I mean, it's nice even just going out to eat sometimes or just going for a walk by, in the park, which we've done that a lot. Just going to church together or just, you know, they even Crest in the City, if you just want somebody to be there you for like, say I needed to go to court or something and I just wanted somebody to be present with me and be there with me as support, they would do that. And I just think that's great. How important is that companionship? Like, you know? For me it is because it's also, um, because you know that Christ in the City, they're there to support you in what you need. And it's not just some somebody from the outside that you don't know what their intentions are. But Christ in the City, you know what their intentions are. They're there to help you and support you and you know that you can trust them. As of somebody for, that you think you might know, they actually might not really be supporting you actually. And that's just nice to have a good foundation from Christ in the city. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what was it like being homeless and pregnant? Um, it was very hard. I mean, the first night really, I was just looking for places to go. And then um, I just looked up homeless shelters and Samaritan House came up and that's where I went because I didn't know what else to do. So I went there and actually I stayed on their transitional unit. But then after I gave birth, Nora was baptized at the at Samaritan House and, um, and uh, Claire ended up actually being there at her baptism. So that's how we reconnected. And um, through that time, I've had like doubts about being a mom or being like a good mom. Um, I even was going through like a time where I thought that maybe it would be better if like I had gave her up for adoption. But they, Drew and um, Claire really helped me during this time because they were, they were showing me how good of a mom I was. And just with like their positive words for me and just put it, lifting me up and it made me want to keep Nora and be a mom to her and that I shouldn't look down on myself because I don't have enough money or I am not as educated as as other people or like just because I'm I I should still be a mom 
even though I'm not as qualified as I want to be. I'm sure you're an awesome mom. <laughs> Thanks. That's awesome. And you said it almost it makes it feel like all your problems don't exist anymore. Yeah. But it's not, I feel like that's probably true to a certain degree, but at the same time, they're not just ignoring the problems too. Yeah. They're trying to help. Yeah, like they're trying to help. But I mean, it just feels, for me, it felt like it was like, an escape for just like 10, 15 minutes or even an hour, just enjoying life. Even because my life is like really busy or I have a lot of problems too. So if it's just for an hour, they'll take your, the time to go and do stuff with you. Like it was nice because Claire, even today, she said, I'll pick you up and I'll take you here. Instead of telling me like, hey, you drive and you have to come. Like it was just that burden, like it makes me feel better because um, I, I don't really like to drive very much. So so just little things like that makes you like thankful that somebody realizes that you need help. They're, they're, like, um, they're like an oasis, like in the desert. That's what they're like because um, they'll give you a lot of support, but emotionally, they really will help you if you're just going through a hard time. Like they'll even just be there to listen to you or to hang out with you or go do something with you to keep your mind off of what's actually going on in your life right now. And they're like, they're like water, like, <laughs> like they're just life. I would be afraid to go on walks and downtown when I was downtown living there. I just felt like it wasn't very safe for Nora and I. And um, they would actually come and walk with me because I would feel safer um, having, having a companion come with me. It's like you guys are like a safety net. Like, I feel safe when I'm with you guys. Um, I was thinking about like when you first applied to Warren Village. And oh yeah, I was so sad. Like yeah, so I was, I'm now going to Warren Village, which is a transitional unit. And um, it's downtown as well. So I'll probably see Christ in the city still. Um, but um, the first, um, but the first time I got denied and then I got denied again, so twice. And I was so discouraged, but the whole time I was just talking to Claire about like how how many doubts I had, and she was just telling me not to give up and to keep on going and try again, and just that kind of um, support is good, to yeah. Would you say though that I, I I know that housing is really important, obviously, and that material needs need to be met. Yeah. But at the same time, would you say that? just the like the relationships that are made like being able to like spend 15 minutes with someone or have someone go you know to court or whatever it is like those types of things like are, is that even more important would you say i think that's more important because um i think personal connections are important because they help um they can help with lots of things. Like I have depression, so sometimes, and I'm bipolar, so sometimes just having somebody there to talk with, or we don't even have to talk, we can just sit there. And it's a good support, of, it's good for emotional support. Um, imagine if every homeless person in the world had one friend who cared about them, 
uniquely and deeply, what would you think the world would be like? If every homeless person had a companion, um, I think that the world would be a better place because they would have somebody there that cares for them and that wants to see the best for them and um, is just there to be there for them. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. That's great, that was awesome. I really appreciate you sharing all that stuff. Thanks. What an honest and humbling life testimony from Jessica wow. that she was willing to share so much with us as well as let us in on some of the more difficult things in her life. Definitely. Her story is so powerful. Um, so Betty, if you want to just tell us a little bit about like you being at Samaritan House and meeting Jessica there. Yeah, absolutely. I was a case manager at Samaritan House and I met Jessica January 2020. I started these classes called TED Talk Tuesdays and the residents at Samaritan House could come. And one Tuesday, Jessica just walked in with Nora and Nora was six days old. And mm. she basically just walked into the class and asked if she could come. And wow. I said, absolutely. Awesome. And she sat next to me and I just kind of looked down at, of course, this fresh, beautiful baby. And she's like, do you want to hold her? And I was like, absolutely. And Nora was tiny, tiny. She could fit in the palm of my hand. Whoa. And so I sat I sat with holding Nora and had the other residents in the class and we did the we did the normal class and watched the TED Talk and had discussion about it. And then afterwards Jessica stayed back and her and I ended up sitting there for an hour just chatting and um, she was sharing a little bit more of her story and how she had just moved on to the family floor at Samaritan House. Nice. And from there we just um grew a relationship and she would come to my office throughout the days and would just ask me to hold Nora if she needed to Aww. take a phone call or just yeah. like go out for a smoke or like she just wanted to go sit in the chapel and just like needed a couple of minutes by herself. Mm -hmm. And so obviously I would graciously, happily hold Nora hold a baby. In, my, in my office. Uh, it was the best ever. And I would take Nora and we would sit in the back of the chapel at Samaritan House, just like in the dark and the quiet. And yeah, just throughout the time we um, grew in relationship together and just learn more of her story. Wow. So the Samaritan House is, for those who aren't familiar with it, it's actually a homeless shelter here in Denver. And like Jessica said, it's like Christ in the city. We actually have a pretty consistent presence at Samaritan House. Samaritan House employees know about Christ in the city. Um, again, in this just like continuum of care. Because I was a case manager, we did have to set boundaries. So there was a space where crisis city missionaries could come, like they could help with things that I couldn't because of just my role there and just mm -hmm. like having to be professional and having to set boundaries. But the crisis city missionaries could come and assist in different ways and to be more of like a friend to Jessica and we would work on housing applications and we would work on job applications and crisis aid missionaries would definitely help with that but they were able to come and do fun things like go for a walk and go out for coffee right, where right. that was probably like things I wasn't able to do just throughout the day with the nature of my job as a case manager and both are so needed right. absolutely I'm gonna give a little spoiler you ended up having a significant role in Nora's life it sounds like Yes. After I yeah just got to know Jessica a little bit more, we had talked to a lot about faith and she grew up Catholic and it kind of dipped in and out of the Catholic church. And so it was just a desire in my heart to 
just talk about the Lord with her. And as Nora was getting a little bit older, Jessica just shared that she wanted Nora to be baptized into the oh, Catholic yeah. faith. And thankfully we have, we had a chapel at Samaritan house. And so I just started like asking and inviting Jessica to come to mass. And then mm. we talked with father Michael, who was the chaplain at Samaritan house. And she um, asked if she could baptize Nora there. And nice. so of course we, Aww. Father Father Michael and I were like, absolutely yes. And <laughs> Jessica had asked me to be Nora's godmother. Wow. And as we were kind of preparing for the baptism, she had just expressed, she's like, I want a lot of people there. I want, I want the baptism to be special for Nora. Yeah. And so I was kind of thinking like I could bring people from my house, but all the volunteers there, we had full-time jobs. So people were busy throughout the day. And I didn't know of Christ the City that well, but I had a few friends that were missionaries and I just remember one day being like, Christ in the city, yes. And so I texted a missionary there and had said like, hey, we're going to have this baptism. Like, would you guys want to come? And of course, day of the baptism, incoming, like six, seven, Aww. eight Christ in the city missionaries <laughs> in, their, the in, their, in their hoodies and just surrounded. Jessica and Nora was so much love throughout the baptism. And it was really cool because when they came in, Jessica was like, I know these people. Like she had met them at lunch in the park before. So it was fun to kind of see the the collaboration come together and just rejoice in that baptism together. Oh, it's such a special moment. Yeah, it was the best. (laughs) It was a fun like tag team of loving Mm -hmm. her in different ways and supporting her in different ways. Mm -hmm. And again, just like things that in my role at Samaritan House, I wasn't able to do, but Crisis City just wore a lot of hats for, for Jessica and for, yeah, many of the friends living on the streets. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. What differences did you see between Jessica from the day you met her until now? Like, Mm. can you speak on that for a little bit? Jessica is so hardworking. Like she is, she's so self-aware. She knows what she needs and she is just like running tunnel vision ahead. I've just seen so much growth of one, like her primary vocation as a mother, like that is most important to her, but also like how can she best support Nora and Mm -hmm. their family and really shifting her priorities to that. As she was applying for jobs, she would get or applying for housing, she would get really discouraged when of course she would get denied, Mm -hmm. but she really just like kept fighting the good fight and was really like pushing to um, just like get out of the shelter. And she moved from Samaritan house to Marisol homes and, and now is in Warren village and just is so happy to have her own space and to actually like have a bedroom and to be able to decorate. And her apartment's so cute. And just to have her space and she wants to learn how to cook now. And so we've been talking about like different meals she can cook. And I know that she like made pasta over for the Christmas meal and just having her own space, I think is, is awesome for her. especially just kind of going into to new job and taking care of Nora. When Jessica was being interviewed, she said she felt unworthy, right? Not as qualified as she wanted to be, to be a mother, to Mm. do all these things. And you just said it so well. Jessica is fighting the fight, right? We can't, you couldn't fight that fight for Jessica. The missionaries couldn't fight that fight for her, but we could be in her corner, Mm -hmm. you know, and you and Claire and Drew and our missionaries and her support that you've been in Jessica's corner yeah. on those days where she didn't want to want to fight. Right. Yeah. And again, Betty, you were never able to fight for her, but what a gift, right? We mm-hmm. talk about what do we do with the poor? Like, how do we help them? And it is a lot of times encouragement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much affirmation. Right. There were days and days where she just felt yeah, like I just, the amount of times I've heard her just like, I'm not a good mom or it's like really hard to be a mom. And I'm like, of course it is, especially so young. But it was just constant affirmation of like, 
you are a good mother. You are a good mother. And we are in this with you, whatever that looks like. And especially last year, like when I moved in at Christ in the city, we would like, I just really wanted the faith to continue to be important to them. And so on Sundays I would take a missionary or two and we would pick Jessica and Nora up and just walk down to the the Catholic church down the street from them. And we would go to Sunday mass and then we would just go and grab Starbucks or something afterwards just to keep the faith so important and just Mm -hmm. constantly encouraging her of you are a good mother and like you are doing well and just trying to constantly affirm her because yeah, we can only do so much, but the affirmation was really important. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's really awesome. When you were at Samaritan House, do you like remember any specific instances where like the Christ in the City missionaries, when they would come around, besides obviously like baptism, just like how Jessica was supported by the missionaries? Oh yes, absolutely. Jessica loves going for walks and Samaritan House is like basically right downtown. And so she talked about this a little bit in her interview, but we would be sitting in my office and she'd be so excited. Two o'clock today, the missionaries are coming. We're going to go for a walk or (laughs) at three o'clock, like we're going to go and, and they're going to take me to coffee. And that was just such a light for her of just to have something like, I know that they're coming she knew that she was so loved by the missionaries and they loved her so well and would just were so intentional of like whatever she wanted to do and also helping with yeah tangible things of like applications for job and housing but also Mm -hmm. just loving her and spending time with her and to give her a break just to hold Nora or I'll be the one to push the stroller or whatever it was like they were so good about that and she always always looked forward to that Oh, so good. I think oftentimes we look at situations and we want to fix them and we want to, we see a need and we want to do something about it. But a lot of loving is just showing up and mm. just being with one another. And I really felt like that's what Crisis City Missionaries did of, I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to be, and I may not be able to fix your problem and I may not be able to, you know, like provide X, Y, and Z, but it was simply just like love, love is showing up and love is just being with one another. Yeah. You know, those people that like, when you're around them, you just feel very safe and very comfortable. And like Jessica even said, like an oasis in the desert, or like Mm -hmm. it was, it was just like very life-giving and just like safe. And just being a single mother, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I I can't even imagine, especially a single mother without a home and without that, like really she had a huge hill to climb. Yes. Yeah. And just not even believing in herself at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one where the affirmations, as you say that I'm like, you were giving her affirmations and they weren't false or empty. They were absolutely just pointing out things Mm -hmm. she didn't see in herself, Mm -hmm. which is what good friends do most of the time. We don't even, we can't see some things in ourselves on our, on our tough days and just being there for Jessica to say, Jessica, look how good of a mom you're being right Mm -hmm. now. You know, it's not saying like, Hey, you're perfect, Mm -hmm. but let's see these good things you are doing and you need to be aware of those. You can't just beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. Betty, with your time at Samaritan house, how common is this? Something like this, like a mom ends up homeless or that families end up homeless. Yeah. Um, It was actually really beautiful because the family floor was a mix of there was there was a lot of families that were like parents and children. And it was great that they had a space that they could be in there together. Mm -hmm. But there was definitely there was single dads, there were single moms. And it was really cool because the family floor had a really good community. So the mothers would like have time together and would go to the workshops together and would help each other out with their kids. And um, there was a really cool just like sense of community. And I think that did help Jessica a lot that like 
she wasn't this like isolated person. Like she was not in this alone. And there was other mothers there who were experiencing very similar things. And it was so fun to, in the morning when I would show up, I would see the kids running down the stairs with the little backpacks mm-hmm. and the school bus would pick them up <laughs> outside of Samaritan house. So just to have like all the kids together to be able to, to just like do that life together, even within the circumstances that they were living. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I just, it's so cool to like hear about your involvement with Jessica's story, Betty, and also just the missionaries that were walking with her, that we were able to provide that for her, like that we were able to be her family, to be that safe, that safe place for her. Well, Betty, thank you so much for joining us today and just sharing more about your friendship with Jessica and Nora and how you've been such a part of her life. Yeah. And before we um, close off for today, I actually just wanted to make an invitation to any young adults listening to our podcast today. If you are interested in missionary work, if you're interested in being a friend to someone like Jessica and walking with her and helping someone like her get to a better place, but also just to love and to love deeply. We have applications open right now for both our summer of service program. So that's about a three week program um, in our satellite locations or a two month program here in Denver. Mm -hmm. And then also as well, our year of service applications are open for 2022, 2023. And we would love to have you apply, inquire about the mission. Come be my roommate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Come live with Betty. (laughs) No, and, and truly it's one where, yeah, we encourage you to check out the website, check out the application. It's very much a process of walking and guiding through, not a hardcore job application. So right. we encourage you to check it out. And uh, yeah, whether you become a missionary or not, just join us in this mission of service to the poor. Well, oh. thank you so much. God bless you all. And please pray for Jessica and Nora. Mother Teresa, one of our patrons would say, if I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, this mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities, seminarians and small groups across the country doing Christ-in-the-city-style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ-in-the-city training, videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms. And do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. Again, check us out more at ChristInTheCity.org. God bless you.